0: back to the Value-Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value of an Investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving because together, anything is possible. Today, we are going to be talking about something that I think most people have not heard of, And from what I could discern today on the internet, most people don't even have a clue what it truly is. And that's called micro-flipping. Micro-flipping. Have you heard it? (laughs) Because you might not have. (laughs) But you know what? That's okay. Because it is something that I think is relatively new. It is a strategy that Bob and I are big believers in. And today, I want you guys to get the introduction on microflipping, because it's that important. And you know what? We just got done talking about short-term rentals. We talked about designing for the experience. We had my designer on, Annie, to talk about interior design and how to look at a house and how to bring value to the house from the perspective of an interior designer. This all perfectly melts into microflipping because if you listen to all those different strategies, it's all about creating emotion in the property and that's what Mm. microflipping is all about. If you truly want to make a profit in microflipping, it's you gotta buy it right and then you need Mm. to be in and out as quick as possible and add as much emotional attachment in that property which is aesthetic updates as possible and then sell it fast and get out of there. So here we go, micro flipping. The strategy goes hand in hand with house hacking philosophy because micro flipping can be done as an investor like myself or Robert, or it can be done if you purchase a home and you want to house hack it and Bob will go into that a little bit later. But what is micro flipping? Now again, I went on the internet today and if you read different definitions of what microflipping is compared to what I'm about to tell you, you might not agree with me. But I'm gonna tell you this I don't agree with them. And I don't think Robert agrees with them. No. But here's what our definition of microflipping is it's when you find a property, purchase that property, do quick, budget friendly, limited risk improvements, then sell it as fast as you can. This needs to be done within 30 days or less. That would be the perfect scenario and the sale price needs to be aggressive. And then when I say aggressive, it's aggressive because you're only looking for a 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, maybe a $20,000 return or profit. If you use the micro-flipping strategy, it's about speed. That's why it's microflipping. You're going in and you're buying something, you're putting limited amount of dollars into it, you're putting a limited amount of time into it, and you're gonna make a smaller, more limited profit. You're in and out, you're quick. Why do you like to do microflipping? Why micro-flip? Because you want to reduce your risk. That is the number one reason why you're gonna do micro-flipping. Now, what is the key to micro-flipping? The key to micro-flipping is buying the property right. Just before we started shooting this podcast episode, I googled micro-flipping, micro like I was telling you guys it was so funny because I saw all these different explanations about microflipping. For example, on Quicken Loans on their website, they had an explanation, which would be very similar to what I would define as a wholesaler, not a microflipper. All that, that tells me is that the person that actually wrote that article has probably never done a microflip and they might not even be a real estate investor. That's all the more reason why you need to be careful where you get your information, and who you get your information from. Because Robert and I, we do this every single day. We don't just come on this podcast and talk about something we don't know about. I've been living investing for 17 years, and Robert's been living real estate for the last 12 plus. So you have to find out, where am I getting this information from? Because there's so much information out there that's junk. And that quick and loan article on microflipping is junk because basically he explained what a wholesaler is. What we're explaining in our opinion is what microflipping is all about. So, microflipping seems like it's simple, but it's not. And I've seen how complicated it can be because I'm observing it in real time. The Zillow Group, Open Door, they're purchasing properties in my market. We just received word, I think it was this week, that Zillow is putting the brakes on. (laughs) Sure, they say it's because of the (laughs) trades or they say they don't have enough labor to turn the projects quickly enough, but in reality, what they're really telling you is, man, we overpaid. Man, we need to hold on to these properties. Man, we're not doing this right. And so, yeah, it might be true that they don't have enough labor But I can also tell you that they are overpaying, just like Open Door. And it must be nice to have billions of dollars. It must be nice to have someone else's money instead of your own. Because therein lies the problem. The iBuyer are overpaying because they are making emotional decisions, not well-thought-out, logical decisions. It's all about what you buy the property at, not what you sell the property at. Because when you buy the property right, you leave yourself lots of room for strategic improvement, allowing you yep. to maximize equity fast, like in a micro flip. Robert and I have used micro flipping strategies forever because it's a fundamental value proposition we execute for our real estate clients, the people we help sell homes. Anyone can do this. That's the best part. But like anyone can get the real estate license Not everyone can do it in a way that will maximize results and deliver good returns on your investment. Why? Because not everyone has the experience of being a real estate investor like Robert and myself. For 17 years I have been buying my own properties, fixing them up, selling them for a profit. It's safe to say I have learned a thing or two. Real estate agents who don't invest like Robert and I will never know the finer details and how to execute a profit when they're micro-flipping. Hell, they might not even know what a micro-flip is, just like that guy on Quicken Loans. <laughs> yeah. So what does this mean for you? Get started micro-flipping on your own personal residence, on your own property. Just like with short-term rentals, the best place to learn how to microflip a home is with your own personal residence, your own properties. Way back in episode number five, we talked with Robert's wife, Shelly. She told us a story about how she got started investing in real estate. Grant, would you consider the house hack that Shelly did as a micro flip? Yeah,
1: 100% I would consider that a a microflip. That's... That's the person that alluded me to, there's something different in the world of flipping. You know, there's somebody doing something different, it's not the same across the board, you know. Um, And even my start in real estate wasn't a full-fledged flipper, I was more of a micro-flipper, skim-coating things and getting things back out on the street as fast as possible, 30 days or less. And I actually was just sitting here, as we were talking about dreaming about those days (laughs) Um, When we could get skim coat deals and be (laughs) crushing it with that inside of 30 days and turning as fast as possible. Now I was telling my brother, I feel like every project lasts, you know, four to six months, 12 months. And I'm like, this is a long road, you know? Yeah. So, But yeah, that's exactly how, looking back, that's exactly how I got started. That's exactly how Shelly got started. Um, And it's definitely a great thing to get started. The one thing I clarify, though, nobody shoots out. To make five thousand dollars a profit. You don't go out there going thinking I want to nope. make five thousand dollars of profit. You know, um, I've got a micro flip deal that I would consider a micro flip that we just completed it would be a hundred K profit, which whoa, is amazing. Whoa, 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 so it's a good second though, home runs
0: I think that I think that Zillow and Open Door would be just happy right with, the, with with a five thousand dollar profit.
1: I think they would. I agree with you 100%. They would probably be like, hey, we made $5,000. That's great. And the the, the reason why they're cool with that $5,000 is other services they can provide, right? You know, other things that they can control. So they have a bigger window to make more money in different areas. I go, but you know, I could never honestly tell somebody go out and try to micro flip and make five G's. Your minimum profit on that, you should try to shoot for is the 20, 25, and upwards to 100, you know? Yeah, no, could, and I it, agree with you 100%,
0: happen, so. and I think, though, like, just, I want to define microflipping, and I would say that if you want to define yeah. microflipping, I think that the eye buyer is the best definition for the microflip because they're not doing what you and I do, and they're trying to get right. in and out as quick as humanly possible, but they're starting to realize it's right. not as easy as they thought. So, but I do want you to tell us about the microflip that you just uh, hit a home run on because it, it's a great story.
1: Yeah. So that that project. So my brother locked this deal up on a house for three hundred and fifty thousand, and we're finally like, oh my god, it's one of the the micro flips that we can do. I mean, we don't necessarily just say, Oh God, a micro flip, you know, that's kind of the term placed on that category broadly. You know, we call it, you know, a a skim coat, uh, that we can go in and just clean everything up on on the surface level. So, um, that one was just one that we just picked up and we just got off a project, you know, that we'd spent a long time on probably like three months on. And we made, you know, well, well, we're actually closing now. So we'll make probably like, you know, $80,000 on this project, you know, that we spent three to four months on. Well, this one we go in and it was just over 30 days. So we missed that window because we had a couple of delays, but it was just over 30 days to get this whole project done. We bought it for 350. We put it on the market at 570. And we felt like that was actually a really good price. So part of it, you know, comes down to that purchase. You know, when you get a really great purchase on a home that you can just skim coat, you've got that window, but we knew we could spend a little bit more on the interior fixtures. We could clean it up a little bit better. We could tile the showers on this one. You know, we could do that type of extra work because we had the window built into it. We ended up spending $80,000 on the house. You know, we wanted to spend 60, but you know, like everything, materials and everything are going <laughs> yeah. up right now. So. We, and that's one of the things we've been dealing with. And so it's like we end up spending eighty, which wasn't, you know, a huge deal because we still had a huge profit window. So it's pending right now and we'll close next month and we'll make over hundred K profit on it. I think, you know, when I just back myself out quickly, it looks like it's up to be about one thirty, but I'm not adding interest and I'm not adding real estate fees. So I say just over hundred K, we'll walk away with
0: well so I was just thinking def- how the heck is that a microflip though, if you spent eighty thousand dollars? Like how do you define that a big as house. a microflip? just a bit yeah, so it doesn't
1: matter like you could do a thousand square foot house right and you might spend thirty thousand on it because you're only touching the surfaces so like a micro flip like when you're going through we didn't tear down a single wall in the house we didn't cut into a single piece of drywall into the house unless it were to patch it right maybe patch a ceiling like all that micro stuff that you would do we weren't doing anything structural we didn't rewire the house we didn't do any like significant electrical work to the house. We didn't do anything to the plumbing besides actually switching out the shower valves and sour skins to put in, you know, the new shower that was going in. So we didn't have to get into the to the bones of it. We didn't have to get into the roots of it. We didn't have to get crazy with it. We didn't do insulation. All those crazy things that go into, you know, those big renovations that we love to yeah, talk so about. So it wasn't structural.
0: <laughs> there's no structural improvements. No. There's no major overhauls. This is just no. basically aesthetic improvements. <laughs>
1: Exactly. It's just taking something that's old. Like I think this house is built in the seventies and those are my favorite micro flips because they got good electrical and typically good plumbing. Those ones in the seventies, you go through and you just resurface them all the way throughout and it gives them that modern look and boom, there is one thing that I would do and still consider it a micro flip that, that wall between the kitchen and the living room. Yeah. There's one wall. That's the one wall that I would, if I could, take it down to get like a bar yep. or a island bar. in there. Yep. And I would still, like, we've done that multiple times in houses that we would still consider microflips. That's the one exception to the rule. But when I'm talking structural, that's the least amount of structural it is. And a lot of times that wall's like non structural anyway. So you could just get rid of it, you know? Because back then people like to compartmentalize things. So that's truly, like, I think, you know, what a microflip is. And what I love about it so much is that's how I, looking back, you know, that's how I got started way back in 2002. And I went into a house. I didn't go buy a brand new house. It was already looked perfect. I went and bought a house. It was 1975 and I cleaned it up and redid all the surfaces. And then I sold it and I made a great profit. And that's kind of like that sweat equity, you know, kind of home ownership program that you hear of like a lot of people do over the years so they can just keep growing their house to the next level. And that's where I think a lot of people start well, that's where Shelly started, and, you know, in episode yeah. number five, right? Yeah, that's exactly where she started. And, and her, she was doing it at like an extreme level, man. She was like going back and she was buying these houses and I would be like, gosh, I don't know, you know, and she'd buy it, clean it up. And she's like, I know I'm going to create this amazing environment, make it look amazing. I'm going to stage it all out. And she would do that and not spend a truckload of money on them. Probably less than this eighty K. I bet she'd spend $50,000 on these things. And she would turn them inside of six months, turned them so fast to the point where the mortgage broker she was using was like look you got to start keeping things for like six months at minimum you know like otherwise because i don't think i can like keep doing these loans for you and i was like she goes oh i don't know what to do i go all you have to do is go to a different mortgage lender yeah exactly. like, she's like really i go yeah just go to a different one if you want to do it and then i was like i shouldn't have said that because that sped up the process even more but that was just her figuring that process out you know and using her skills and her team that she had built and you know, her design knowledge, you know? Yeah, and I'll, so I'm gonna gonna
0: talk about a a property that I have, it's actually on the market right now. And I would consider it a micro flip for sure because I'm only about 33,000 into it, which is one of the smallest uh, amounts of money I've been (laughs) into a property in a very long time and yeah. I bought it because another agent had brought the deal to me and said, "Hey, you know, these this family's in a particular situation and they really want to get out and they have another house identified and they just they they don't want to work with Zillow, they don't want to work with Open Door. They just I told them about you." Would you be willing to, or could you look into this and see if you can help out? And I was like, for sure. And so I yeah. did, and and I was a, and I said, hey, here's what I can do. Here's the price I can buy it at. And they said, you know what? Thank you so much. Yes, we'll make it happen. Okay, great. And it was just like uh, Robert said, it was built in I think the early 90s, and it just needed a, a, a refresh. And that's what the microflip is all about. It's like a refresh. And so we went in there and boom, I was done. I was in and out of there in less than three weeks, cleaned it up, everything. Now, where did I screw up on the strategy? Because I, I made a mistake. And you know what? That's part of doing these things. Because when you go from like these big infill development projects that I'm doing that take a year or longer, and you have hundreds of thousands of dollars into these projects, and they are just like super encompassing of like just you know you're building new construction you're all into this design and you have this team of interior designers and contractors and all this crap what happens is you come back here and you do a micro flip and you're like overthinking everything like i'm overthinking everything and i'm like going man i i still want to make 70 grand well, bud, <laughs> you can't always make 70 grand or more on a deal. Like you have to yeah. sometimes look at it and say, maybe doing it quicker is going to add just as much profit as maybe the 70 grand that you're hoping for, which we all deal with with sellers, right? I- yeah. I'm now a victim of of my own philosophy, which is when I'm going in and I'm working with a seller to help them sell their house, I'm like, "Hey, don't try to st- don't think your house is worth, or you have this amount of equity in your house. Your house is worth what the market will sell, what will the market will pay for it. That's market value, by right. definition. The house is worth what the market will pay for it. So just because you think you have 100000 or $70,000 in equity in that house, Mr. Murphy, doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you have, because if the market yeah. won't pay the price... Then you don't have it, so don't count your chickens before they're hatched. And that's what I've done is I've count my chickens before they hatched. The market has also shifted; it softened a little bit. And if I would have just really said, "Okay, you're doing the micro hacking strategy here, dude. You're doing the micro flipping strategy," and I would have just been like, "Boom! I'm gonna make twenty thousand dollars or twenty five thousand dollars. I'm gonna get in and out, and I would have priced it accordingly. I would have probably sold it, sold it a lot quicker within like weeks. And mm-hmm. I would have probably potentially gotten multiple offers and maybe gotten more than i thought but no i was like every other seller that we deal with if you're a real estate agent out there i thought i had more equity than i did i thought uh, the market would bear the price that i expected it to bear i got emotional i went after a big number and now i'm sitting here 30 days on market going dude i know what you just did you just made a mistake you didn't do the micro flip, and you did what every seller does that you deal with on a regular basis. You gave yourself money that you didn't really have. And so, you game your own worst enemy. Grando, I mean, you <laughs> you're know, laughing, you're so laughing because you know exactly how that goes. <laughs> I'm just walking through my
1: brain listening to that, going, God, that's so true. Yeah. I, I should have called Bob that. and I should have been like, you know what,
0: Rob? You got it, Robert, you got to answer, or you got to list my house for me because I'm just about to make that typical seller Dude, mistake right
1: Everybody now. does that, though. You know, it's like some psychological thing where you perceive value that's not there. I've done it. You know, my brother's done it. We've all done it on projects. And it's all been recently. Especially your personal residences too, right? Yeah. Oh God. If you live there, tack on an extra zero, (laughs) you know, like you're just as bad as ever. And then it's like, you're a real estate agent's worst enemy, you know, like when you're like that and, you know, it's just expectations and reality. And I think that's such a good point. You know, what, you know, a house is worth what you know, the market is willing to pay for it and what people decide and they know cause they're watching everything. People that want to buy a house are watching everything and they know value, but they also can see that extra value too, you know, and things. So if you'd have priced it just right, you know or just slightly under, which is a great strategy you would have probably gotten over cause they go, oh man, it would get them through that door and boom. But uh, I've done it recently too. We've done it twice actually in the last you know, year. So, and actually even our, one of our brokers, she overpriced a listing the same way, kind of got caught up in the emotion of the property and it went a little higher, agreed to a higher price. And, you know, and now it's just back it down to the market. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, know, and I so. would say too, though, Everybody that the market had,
0: had a, uh some influence in that because the market was so smoking hot. It's still pretty good. I mean, it's yeah. better than, you know, it's warm. It's not smoking hot. It's it's warm, yeah. though. I mean, there's plenty of houses they are still selling with, you know, one or two offers instead of like six or 12 or 15 offers. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I, <laughs> I got caught up in that. And that's emotional decision making. And, and you have to be self-aware. You're always going to make emotional decisions or you're going to have emotion in your decisions. But the less that you let the emotion come in... The better, because it will pay dividends. Because usually, like Robert just said, you know, usually you want to list it just a little bit under what the market's telling you the value is, and then boom, they'll come in with multiple offers and and they'll price up the house. And that's ninety percent of the time. That's what I do on this one. Though yeah. I was like, this is a micro flip. Let me let me let me see how I can make this work. And and I got caught all caught up in it. But. <laughs> Robert, I really want to, you Let know, show I... show you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I would really want to uh, do is like, if yeah. you're a real estate agent out there, on this introduction to micro-flipping, on top of micro-flipping as a strategy, as an investor, or as a house hack, Robert and I, in our businesses, as real estate, Robert's a real estate broker, I'm a real estate agent. Micro-flipping is one of the fundamental strategies that can help you differentiate your real estate sales business from everybody else. Now, you might be like, what? What are you talking about? Okay guys, listen closely. If you're out there in your real estate agent right now and you're battling against the iBuyer, you're battling against Open Door, you're battling against Zillow, you're battling against wholesalers, you're battling against uh, for sale by owner because everybody thinks that all they have to do is put a sign in their yard and they can sell because you know what, there's a million buyers out there. If you're battling against all these threats to your commission, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself, how do I differentiate myself? How, do I, how am I different than the next agent? Because you know what, most of us real estate agents, We aren't very different. Mm -hmm. You know what? I can tell you this, we're not created equal because it's definitely an 80-20 rule. There's 80% of the real estate agents, they don't even know how to do real estate. They don't even know how to read a contract. They don't even know how to represent a client. 80% of the agents out there. Robert, would you agree? 100%. 100%. So that means 20% of the agents actually know how to just do real estate services. But Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you put a whole other layer of differentiation on there like Robert and I have in our businesses. Mm -hmm. And you're able to say, I am different from the other agents because I am rehabbing and improving properties with my own money and I can show you the profits that I make. So when I walk in your door and I say, hey, this is what my team and I can do for you. This is what my stager can do for you. My designer can do for you. My contractors can do for you. Oh, and by the way, it's super hard to find contractors right now. Have you tried? Yeah. Nobody calls me back. Okay, well, don't worry about that because we already have that in the bag because we have a full team. And oh, by the way, how many agents have really brought in a designer that are gonna talk to you about how we can use our micro-flipping strategy to maximize your return on investment? Oh, not one? Yeah, exactly. Because now, you're not part of the 20%, that's part of the 80%. You are actually part of the 1%. Because there's 1% of agents in my market, and I guarantee in Robert's market, that has anything close to the differentiation and the true value that we bring to our sellers and our buyers in this market. So this episode I'm passionate about because if you're a real estate agent out there, you need to figure out how to execute micro flipping, whether it's on your personal residence as a house hack or whether it's on an investment property that you're gonna go out and buy. Because the second that you're able to execute and become a value-driven investor that can now represent buyers and sellers, particularly sellers, and then you can execute the micro-flipping strategy for your sellers, this is fundamental in how you truly maximize a seller's return on investment when they go and sell a property on the open market. Grando, give them your sense of this strategy as a real estate professional.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we do that in our business. It's one of the things that um, why our agent on our brokerage, she loves going out and be able to say, we can help you do these things to your house and that is 100% differentiator. I'd say you might be part of the 0.001% that can actually accomplish that. And you know, when I would go into houses and tell people, I'd be like, hey, if, if I could get you $5,000 more for your house and you only had to spend $500, would you do it? $500 to make 5,000, net 4,500 who would say no to that? And then even, even if they couldn't do it, sometimes I'd be like, well, I'm just going to do it anyways. how about that? You know, I'll pay for it and take it out of escrow. There's so many different options you can do, you know, as a real estate agent. But when you have that resource kit, it's like having, instead of having like one tool in your toolbox, you just got a ratchet set with, you know, 500 different heads to it that you can figure out what you're going to do. And as an agent, it's such a great place to start. Start learning and start getting, you know, your investment career going by just helping homeowners do those little tiny things. And it's amazing.
0: Now, here's the difference, though, people like don't read it in a book. Don't search it on the Internet. Don't Google it on YouTube. And why do I say that? Because, yeah, you can come up with all these suggestions, but you really don't know cause and effect because you've never lived through it. You really don't know what the market can bear. You don't know what the material costs are. You don't know what the labor costs are. You don't know a lot of different things because you've never done it. So again, what would the 80% do? The 80% do would just fake it. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> I'll pretend that I have that differentiation. And that's great, yeah. and you can do that. But you know what? That's gonna kill your your relationship. It's gonna kill your reputation. And you won't last long. Now, if you actually go out and execute like Robert and myself, and you actually learn what microflipping is, and you've actually, you're in the mix and you're living it like we are, you are bringing so much value that this is what the agent of the future is all about. This is what iBuyer, Open Door, and I don't, Redfin, I don't care who you are. You cannot compete with me because you do not have the full stack like I do with contractors, designers. I understand everything on, everything on the material cost side. I understand the labor cost side. I understand what, how the market responds to this color, that color, this product, that product. I understand everything because I'm living it every single day and I'm doing it. You can't beat that, you guys. You can't beat the proof. And that's why Robert and I are crushing it right now. And that's why the 80% are going to fade away. The 20% are going to stick around because they're survivors. And the 1%, we're going to crush it because you can't compete with us. And so that's how important this episode is. That's how important learning microflipping is. And that's what the value-driven investor is all about. Grando, you want to take us out on this, man? Because at the end of the day, micro-flipping real estate for your clients as a real estate agent, that is the true agent of the future.
1: 100%. I agree. I couldn't agree anymore. If, if you're in the real estate business and you're a real estate agent, you should be doing that process right there. And you should learn how to do it, do it well and then keep progressing from there to become an investor as well as people working with sweat equity on their own home. You should be doing it too.
0: All right, buddy. That was an awesome episode. I'm excited. We're going to go a little bit deeper into micro flipping, uh, probably in the next part uh, one here, and just kind of go into like different strategies. What are the different things that I should be paying attention to? What's the most important thing that I should do when I'm just doing a light overhaul, when I'm doing an aesthetic update? Again, you wouldn't know this. You could read about it. That's great. But you wouldn't know this unless you're doing it. Because Robert and I have made the mistakes. We've lived through it. So we know, okay, Robert, you know what's the first thing you would do? If you only had $5,000, what's the first thing you would do? Yeah. And then what if you only had $2,000? What's the first thing you would do? And I guarantee in 30 seconds he has, not even, in two seconds he has an answer. <laughs> and as I increase his budget, he will yeah. literally expand his list incrementally but it will have a purpose behind every single decision. And he could probably sit here and talk to you about each individual purpose and why for about 20 minutes. Because why? Because he has a story behind every single choice because he's done it. And that's what it talked. That's what what the value-driven investor is about, you guys. It's about execution. It's about doing it. And so wait for our next episode on Microflipping when we talk about the list, what to pay attention to, when you're trying to do a microflip. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we lead by giving. For more information about our community and what's new, visit valuedriveninvestor.com. The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend, digitallegendmedia.com.